Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Trident Wargaming. Uh, again, we're doing some bolt action and making his return, Mr. Jason. That's uh, my electric loot. Your electric loot. <laughs> He's gone on an adventure. <laughs> oh God, I'm the weirdest. Anyway. <laughs> so it's, uh, as we're recording, it's a little late for one recording, so we're probably a little tired, but... Uh, Bear with us when we get a little goofy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, a little bit of bolt action tonight. Uh, we've got a couple of topics to uh, to go over and whatnot. Um, that's kind of uh, rarely used in the game, at least locally for us in the game. Um, and then there's one familiar uh, little topic that we uh, will go into about as well. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the three, three topics really are, um, the use of, uh, smoke in, in our games of bolt action, uh, the outflanking maneuvers that you can use. And then of course the recce ability with some of the vehicles out there. So, um, should be a good one. Should be, uh, helpful, you know, tips and knowledge of of kind of these uh, topics and see where we go. But first, to the hobby front. How's how's Jason's hobby front going? It's a slow slog. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we played a game of the Black Powder uh, Epic Civil War, uh, you know, a quasi-game, yep. and it has uh, enticed me into working on those guys again so nice i'm back at it nice pulling all and, the uh, brigades out and everything getting everything set up very little progress but trying at least <laughs> yeah no i i hear that i've been uh i've been 3d printing uh normandy buildings terrain for for uh bolt action so been working Excellent. on that yeah, got. Uh, I think I'm up to seven buildings now, all varying from single story to two story. So um, slowly, slowly working on terrain, and then eventually, what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll lay out um, I'll lay out uh, a, a map kind of thing, uh, one of the mats, and uh, set it out and see what I need for for everything. One Sweet. of these one of these days, I'm gonna have to like go hard on doing the bocage. And just get it done. But yeah, uh, the bocage is a bit of a chore, isn't it? It can be, but I mean, if I, I think if I um, uh, line it up, kind of thing, and, and get yeah. just certain things done one day, certain things done the next day, and then throughout the week, maybe work on one. You know, each day or every couple of days, work on one. So, but it'll be, it'll be interesting, and who knows? Maybe come winter time when I got some time off, I'll be. Uh, hammering that out too but 
Other than that, uh, just a couple of other hobbies, been painting some stuff uh, for Slow Grow of ours. And um, been doing a few, really just a few demo games and whatnot, you know, as the Sarge for the store there. Uh, a couple new players kind of creeping in and wanting to check out the game. And uh, yeah, of course, podcasting all the time, right? So. Sweet. Um, I do. Well, I do really need to get back to doing some unboxings, um, as you can see behind me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just a lot of kits that I can go through, uh, just time-wise, trying to get stuff done. But I really do need to get back to those. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed them, and I think it helps a lot of people because I've had a lot of guys, even at the store, like lately. Uh, they come in and they start asking tons of questions about, you know, what's what's in these box sets and this and that, or I'm looking for this box set or the Canadian, British and Canadian box set. What's on the sprue? Well, if you check out this video, <laughs> right? So it's kind of, uh, kind of where that's at. Um, yeah. Otherwise just plugging along. Um, got to build a couple armies for, for, um, the next demo match. So it'll be good. So, um, Sweet. you guys, you know, whatever you guys are working on, share it with us, post it on our page, you know, uh, PM, whatever. Um, we always like to see what you guys are working on. And a lot of times, uh, we see some really, really nice looking painted models or even converted or even the scenic bases and stuff that people love to do. Um, so yeah, we'd love to see pictures like that too. So make me feel bad about my progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All good. Everybody has their pace, right? So um, that that is one thing I, I gotta admit though is I, I do have a friend. He uh, he doesn't play bolt action, um, but he does play uh, one of the other systems. And he's just jumped back into into the the larger scale gaming, you know, some of the systems. And uh, but he struggles with painting. Mm -hmm. So I was kind enough to say, hey, you know what? You've put some, you use some contrast paints on your Marines, stuff like that. They look great. This is kind of your your deal. And um, if you want, if you're a little intimidated by the vehicles because they are larger surface, right? And I go, come on over. I'll airbrush them for you. So by doing that, it's actually really inspired him to keep going with painting, mm -hmm. um, especially with all the little details. Cause like the base work was done with the, with the airbrushing, but now he's putting in the time to do the details. And then I showed him a, I showed him a way of how to do a, like a wash with a AK enamel. Nice. And, um, I, I, took one of his Marines and slopped it on and took it off and he loved it. So I was like, that's how easy it is to do. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's hobby time. <laughs> but -um -bum. Yeah. So, so I guess to start off, let's, let's start off with some smoke, not that smoke, the other smoke, <laughs> just saying, um, so we don't see it a lot in our games. Um, and I don't know if it's just, if it's overlooked or maybe it's not that useful to people, but 
I don't know, uh, going over the rules for it and checking out some of the armies. Um, not every army would really, really benefit from it. Some are one more than others. Um, as probably a lot of bolt action veteran players know, you know, uh, a Japanese army, um, they do have a couple units that actually have multiple light mortar teams within units. So as a, as an example, um, it's uh, I think it's an IGA Grenadier squad and also a SNLF <coughs> Grenadier squad. Um, they both have access to three of them. Expensive. I think they're 25 points a piece. Um, but having three of those in a squad and being able to fire smoke could be quite a benefit for your army, especially if you're trying to screen a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So a little example of, of, I guess how smoke really works is, um, so howitzers and mortars can indirect fire, um, on a fixed point, just like if they're picking another target or whatever, but this time it's a fixed point on the table. You still need sixes to hit. Um, I believe if you're stationary, you'll get a bonus, a plus one to hit. Um, but depending on the uh, type of howitzer or mortar, um, increases the size of the smoke template that you're going to put down. So a light mortar is three inches, a medium mortar and a light howitzer is four. Uh, a heavy mortar and a medium howitzer is five inches, and then a heavy howitzer is six inches. Now, the nice thing about smoke is um, it counts as soft cover pretty much when you're in it, and it also counts as dense terrain, so it blocks your line of, line of sight. So real good screening mechanic. Um, Buddy has a Tiger two on the field. Well... If you pop smoke in front of them and you actually get it, you hit, well, now he can't see shit. Right? Now you're forcing his hand to move kind of thing. Um, the downfall with it is that you still need a six to hit. So if it doesn't hit, the opposing player can relocate it 12 inches from its original position of where you had placed it. So it could work, yeah. totally work against you, right? Um, but if you've got enough of it on the board, there's a good chance you're going to have an interesting screen on the board, right? So, um, so, so the main part of it is, you know, your mortars and howitzers. That's what will give you these options for smoke. So, as you, as I said before, the Japanese unit has three in a squad. So if you take multiple squads, now you got six. Now you know what I mean. You got a lot. Yeah. Right. In in my mind, really, the biggest downfall besides, you know, not being entirely likely to hit. Yeah. Is it's a fairly small template it is right so you're not going to obscure a whole lot i think besides that pretty much that scenario that you set up or maybe obscuring enemy artillery making them move yeah uh 
or especially if you can obscure a heavy gun, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe there, but really needing that uh, uh, six, maybe a five, if you, if I remember correctly, if you've uh, stayed still. And the small template just doesn't seem worthwhile. Perhaps for the Japanese shooting three, you're pretty likely to get at least one. Yeah. Um, and and maybe you'll get lucky and get all three, and that's uh, hey, you know, you can actually make a a fairly decent sized uh, screen there. Yeah, if they all if they you know if they ended up all hitting, which is yeah. more than unlikely. Um, you know, that, that could technically be, you could technically place it like a, a nine inch wall, right? Yeah. Piece of dense terrain. Um, now. But pretty unlikely. That's the, that's the pickle. That's, that's exactly the thing, right? So, so what do you do? Do you, do you like, if it's an open field, well, good luck, right? Uh, is there some kill zones or some gaps in the terrain that maybe you want to plug up with that? then sure maybe maybe that you know that uh mmg is on uh on ambush mm-hmm. throw, throw smoke there if you can or whatever right stuff like that um is it super reliable no 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 it's not um no if it works i mean it, it if it works it works but yeah at the same time the smoke just doesn't disappear next yeah. turn, right so it might take you two turns to get like a really good screen going um but yeah overall like you know on your next turn you actually have to roll to see what happens and on a one it the smoke just dissipates and goes away and uh, on a two all the smoke drifts d6 so in a, in a random direction right and then, you know, on a, on a three plus, it just stays put. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those tactics and whatnot that I would definitely have to play it myself a fair bit to really, really see how effective it's going to be. Um, I know one of her, uh, older friends there that, uh, was playing Japan, uh, a long time ago, he would use it in some of his larger games, and it, it did work pretty decent for him. But um, you know, that's one player out of out of how many, right? So, mm-hmm. um, other than that, it's kind of the other. There's a couple other options uh, from it for units that can fire. Um, so, literally, any vehicle that hasn't mounted can fire. You know, a howitzer can fire it. Um, you have a forward artillery observer that can fire smoke. It's, I personally think it's not worth it. No. So, uh, you, I'd rather do the other one that puts pins or damage. And then, um, I know the French have their, uh, VB launchers. They're considered light mortars or yeah, light mortars. So that works. I can try that. Right. I can have some squads with multiple VB launchers. You know, and a light, a light mortar, you can move and shoot. So that's why you're not, uh, you're not 
stationary. You're not, you know, you're not locking that unit up at least. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that it's a situation where I don't have anything else to shoot at. And maybe I'll try for smoke. But I, I don't see going yeah. for it. But then again, I'm not a genius at this game. Well, let's be honest. I think, I think, um, <laughs> I think with like the Japanese, because their whole thing is to get close and engage. Yeah, they'd be um, they'd be worth looking at it, especially with the three, you know, you know, or with you know, all the mortars you can take, right? Well, and and the way I'm thinking about it too, for the <clears throat> Japanese is like. So you're, you're screening, you're making these screens, you're pushing up with your units. You're also using these screens to protect your, your suicide uh, bombers pretty much. Yeah. Right? Um, against tanks. So they're trying to run in there. Like everything's running, doing the bunzai charge kind of thing. And you're firing these smoke bombs pretty much, mortars, every turn as you're advancing. You're just, thum, thum, let her rip. Right, so now you have all these screens kind of everywhere, and but uh, here's the question: Do you run or advance? Because if you're running, you're not shooting. So uh, maybe maybe it's an idea where you have one with three, you know, a squad with three of them in it, supporting the guys that are running up to do the up close and personal touchy touchy fighting. That's 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 my apparently my new word for fighting. There you go. Yeah, it's it's something we'd have to put to the test, right? Um, might have to talk to uh, to our friend Jordan there. He plays some Japanese. See if he can uh, try it out one time, or get my Japanese built and and do it. But um, there's not many there's not many armies that have multiple light mortars in units. No, um, you might get one in a unit somewhere. Um, also, I mean, like if you're taking, if you're taking mortars, more than likely you're not going to take a light mortar. So, um, which I mean, medium mortar, you get a bigger template of smoke, but you also will probably want to use that to do some splash damage on somebody. Right. So, yeah. Um, but so again, yeah. maybe, maybe you don't have, uh, you know, uh, your spotter doesn't have line of sight to something. But you can shoot that ground in front of the thing you're trying to hit. Yep. Maybe that's you know, you take the uh, the worst. You know, you know. Obviously, you'd rather hit it, but maybe maybe hitting it with smoke is worth more. Maybe uh, the situation is you hit it, you're you're not going to kill enough to take it out, and uh, if that object gets to shoot. You know, next turn, and it's going to really uh, put your plans in jeopardy or, or take out a vulnerable unit. So, I mean, maybe those situations it's worth a try, but I still don't see it as being reliable. No, no, I don't either. You, uh, you, you definitely have to have a fair bit of it, I think, for it to be really, really effective. And I think that's where, again, the Japanese will shine for that. Um, yeah. And effective or not, if you have just mass then it, it's going to do something for you. but Totally. But there's no way your French are shooting their howitzers as smoke. No. No, no, no. way. When you can kill a squad 
Yeah. Basically, usually, if you hit, you're killing a squad. Yeah. So you can true. kill a squad or put smoke in front of or on the squad. That doesn't make any sense. No, Again, I, I'd rather maybe, use, I'd rather use my V, you know, the VB launchers, right? So. Yeah. But. But you're saying again? Maybe if you have nothing else to shoot at. If you have no line of sight on the target, maybe there's a way for you to obscure their line of sight to something. Maybe that's worth it, but probably not. I mean, most games you're going to have shots if you've placed them right. And if you have your spotters out and whatnot, you're, you're hopefully okay anyway. No, it's valid, valid points. No, for sure. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's kind of the gist of it for smoke. I guess um, I'm sure we somebody else might have an, uh, a different idea on it, or maybe you agree, disagree with it. Um, let tell us, know. Tell let us, us know. why Eddie's wrong. Yes. No, I just <laughs> yes. Let me know. Uh, maybe you have another idea with it. So, um, like I said, we don't we don't really see too much of it in our game, in our local group, but that's about to change. So <laughs> throw, throw some guys for a whirl. Eh? What are you doing? No, oh, I'm placing smoke. What? <laughs> well, you're, I'm thinking your French army could technically lay down a lot of smoke. Yeah. There's um, two, two uh, howitzers and your, all your BBs. Well, there's uh there's units that actually get multiple. I think there's actually a, uh, VB launcher unit, so I could get like ten of them in a unit. Jesus Christ! Just, yeah, thump, 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 right. So there you go. Um. So yeah, it's kind of. Um. I might have to try it. So, but uh, next up, I guess is, I think this is even more so rare than smoke is the outflanking maneuver. Uh, I I do know I have tried it once, way back when. Uh, have I seen it against me? Never. Oh, have you played Dustin? I've played Dustin, but I've never played Dustin, and he's used this. Oh, he's the master of this with his uh, LRDG army. Mm-hmm. Coming in the side with those, uh, you know, attacking the flanks with those freaking trucks of machine gun death. Yep. Just murdering my poor old army. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it being very effective, especially with those trucks. Yeah, and I think that's the ticket. I know you're going to read or or go through what exactly it is, but... But people should keep in mind, I think the more mobile your army is, the more uh, opportunity this rule has for you. It's not saying that it can't work with other units like uh, or slower, you know, maybe more infantry based armies, but I think uh, the mechanized, the uh, guys in the trucks or the trucks, you know, the, yeah, the uh, vehicles themselves, the, yeah. those guys can really rip in, you know, head to the objective or head to, uh, 
uh, you know, primary, uh, you know, kill shot setups, you know, I think uh, that's probably their the best use of this. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you do your, your yeah, thing. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, uh, I, I do agree with Jason on that, um, uh, what he quoted there. So, um, but yeah, outflanking maneuver, if, if you guys aren't, sure exactly what it is uh pretty much any of your reserves um can do this they can go on an outflanking maneuver so initially you pick left or right and you secretly write down um you know either one or both you know if you want to split your forces um so whatever units you want to put in reserve to do this that's that's where you decide it and you secretly write this down um, on turn one and two, you have to give these units a down order. They don't come on. Turn three is when it starts. So, uh, turn three is when you can order them on the table using the same rules as reserve. So, you know, the minus one to your, uh, pretty much to your morale, to your leadership. Um, but if they do come on, they can deploy up to 24 inches from whatever side that you uh, decide to go on um you know up to 24 inches from like your board edge you could deploy up so there's that uh on turn four if they come on it increases so you have 36 inches and then on turn five you go up to 48 inches and so on so um if you're patient enough, you know, and you want to bring some units in late game, um, they will definitely rush up there and, and be in that section wherever you want them, you know, need them kind of thing. Or maybe it's one of those missions that you need to get off the table edge and, you know, they, uh, they're pretty much right <laughs> there. Right. So, uh, there is that option. Um, again, mobile units coming on the board, like Jason said, very, very powerful for that um tactic wise i mean if you have units that are like assault units or have you know smgs or assault rifles stuff like that um that aren't gonna get minuses for the moving and shooting could be pretty beneficial doing this mm-hmm. um especially considering that you know, you get to look at the battlefield before you uh, kind of decide if you're going to do this or not, right? Maybe the left side looks a little bit uh, better for, for cover, for maneuverability, for keeping your boys alive out there, right? Uh, on the tabletop kind of thing. Um, and then utilizing that kind of cover, but also utilizing the fact that you're able to move around and shoot and be a thorn in your opponent's side or maybe you outflank against his artillery wall that he has on the one side that's kind of been um you know not well protected kind of thing right Um, or uh squeal in at the last minute and uh capture an objective that they thought was uh secure yep you know yep yeah that's that's a very good point as well um and that's actually probably one of the one of the probably more important ones is that is, you know, um, being aware 
the situation for objectives. Like, yeah. if you see there's objectives deployed on those on both sides, it might be worth actually doing some outflanking with a couple of units to each side, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And may, you know, maybe there's a psychological component too, where your enemy knows. You know, you have it. It's turn two. Oh, you didn't even roll for those reserves? Okay. <laughs> I see what's happening. Yep. I see what's happening. Okay. So now they're they're starting to hold units back that they could have thrown in maybe. Right? So maybe because that's the risk, right, is that, well, now you're holding units in reserve for at least three turns. Yeah. How many units are you holding for this flank attack? Yeah. Right? Aren't... That's going to be, you're playing points down. Like, uh, so you, there's a chance you can be overwhelmed. Uh, but maybe that evens out. Maybe the guy sees, oh, shit, you have, like, three units. You know, you have that stupid truck of machine gun death, you know, still in reserve on purpose. I know you're trying to come in now. So I'm going to start pulling back units that I can use to deal with that or to protect that you know, near my table edge uh, objective that I thought was uh, secure, and then all of a sudden I got to start pulling back. Uh, maybe there's there's merit there. I see this as being far more uh, applicable and and uh, with a higher rate of success than the the smoke. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's a tactic, right? It's a Initially, you know, you kind of look at it as, oh, you know, I'm going to, these units are going to be tied up for this many turns. I'm not going to have them on the board, right? But again, going back to what you just said, Jason, like psychologically as well, if you have so many units that are, you know, outflanking and your, your units or your army on the one on your board is much smaller that also could get your opponent thinking, I'm going to push. I'm going to, I'm going to go straight and get in there because he doesn't have so many units. Like I'm going to swarm them or, or, you know, whatever, right. That could pull them out of position where they should be going. Yeah. You know, um, thinking that, oh, if I come in and I sweep and, and cut them off on this side, he, he's got no support. Who cares if those units come in? They're not going to do anything because they're going to be out of position. Well, your plan is that's what they're doing is they're getting into that position where I want them, right? Yeah. And who knows, throughout the game, people people lose uh, sight of the main goal, right? Uh, they get tunnel vision. Um, you know, maybe you actually have a tank on your side that is like holding, holding the fort and they get tunnel vision on trying to take out that tank and not realizing, sorry, man, you got like three veteran squads coming on your side out flanking. Right. Yeah. Well, poop, you know, like how are you going to deal with that mid game? You're probably banged up as it is. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting, uh, tactic and mechanic in the game. Um, most outflanking 
uh, stuff that I've played in other games, it's, it's literally, um, you put these in, you can get bonuses to get them coming on. Um, and, uh, you would roll randomly to see what side they would come on. Right. Yeah. This, so. you get to, uh, plan out a lot more, but then there is still, there's a, a significant risk of them not coming on, especially if you hold out till turn four. Yeah, you can come in at uh, 36 or turn five, right, is 48. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to hold out till turn five. Oh, I failed that roll. Now they're coming in on turn six, most games being six, maybe seven turns. Uh, how? What are they going to be able to do in that time? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's especially where I think the mobility of your force that you put there uh, determines their effectiveness because you can delay it longer. If you put infantry on the on the flank attack, it can work if they come in at twenty four or maybe thirty six. But if you wait till that, they're just not going to be able to do anything. They're not going to be able to get close enough to an objective or whatever. No, one one turn won't be enough, right? Um, unless unless the objective is that close to the, to the yeah, unless the objective, if it is the objective, is uh, getting off the table edge. A, uh, that might that. not be allowed in the scenario. True. Some scenarios don't allow it. Well, uh, there's there's that. There's um, uh, the actual objective, like, on the ground that you can, you know, either contest or snag kind of thing. Yeah. There's, there's also, oh, you know what? That enemy unit, it only has, like, three guys left in it. It's the kill point. Yep. Right. Yep. You, you come in there, guns blazing. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's the other objective where you're trying to, you're picking up the objective and trying to get it off the table edge of your table side. Oh yeah. Uh, that one's probably going to be a little harder to do because, you know, unless it's like, unless it's been deployed on the far sides of the table edge. Mm -hmm. um, more than likely it's probably going to be more close to center and you're going to beeline it from center back so but yeah it's it's an interesting one um, haven't seen it used too often again probably will have to put it into effect just to try it out and uh, see how it works I think um, some armies it will work a lot better for uh, Americans because they don't get the negative to reserve role. Yeah. Yeah. This would work really well for them. Um, you know, and they have some decent transports that have multiple machine guns and stuff like that too. Right. So, and, and, and see, and that's the thing, like the Americans, they, they're moving and firing without the modifier as well with certain, their bars and their, um, and their rifles, right? Their, I think it was M1 Grands, I think. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're getting a bonus of reserve roll. I don't get the minus. I'm moving on the board. I'm not getting a minus to shoot, so I'm shooting right off the bat. So. Yeah. Works really, really good for them, I'd say. Um, as for some of the other armies, I don't think a lot of them really have anything like that. 
probably wouldn't use a lot for my French, especially if I'm like trying to outflank with like a tank or something, just because of the one man turret. Yeah, you know so, your French might not be terrible though if you have those uh, dragoons. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know, like because you have so many cheap infantry, <laughs> you can put a couple units out, and it, they're not as missed. Yeah, you know, if you play the inexperienced route for French, because you will if you buy three, you get the fourth for free. Um, so yeah, there is that option of of throwing a couple of those inexperienced units. Well, but then yeah, there's experience, yeah. There's the risk, right? But you put your inexperienced on the table and and uh, you know let your uh, more experienced units uh, do the outflanking. Send in the Senegalese. Yeah, yeah. With the uh, I forget what those are called. They're big machete uh, deals. Yeah, pretty much machetes. Um, but yeah, because they, they get tough fighter and whatnot, so they'd be good to engage the enemy in close combat if you needed. Um, yeah, but it is uh, it is uh, open to interpretation. Oh, hundred percent. I I don't think the uh, I think the mobility is really for the turn four or five holdouts. Mm -hmm. I think you can get away with infantry on uh, if you do the. The basic come in at halfway through the table, basically, uh, from from the long edges. Right, uh, there might be something to it. You know, I'm just not patient enough, and I'm I'm too timid that I'm going to fail my morale checks. You know, my my luck is uh, not always on point. Your luck is not always on point, so we're probably uh, more timid to try it than than most. Only for things that blow up. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even your Canadian army there, with all your little armor that, transports there. That one, I might, I might uh, try. And those little Bren carriers are actually pretty good gun platforms. When I can mm -hmm. roll on with uh, with all those uh, uh, machine gun shots. And then, of course, you have your... Uh, and then pop out with whatever is yeah. in it. Uh, that can be uh, pretty decent. Possibly. But then eh, maybe I'll just fail and uh, not come out at all. They get lost on the way yeah, to the battle. Yeah, it, it just... I know, you know, you start adding the cost of transports into your army and it starts eating up points. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't... I don't really have that much on the board, but and now I'm committing them to outflanking. Now I have less board control to start with, and yeah. I have less options to use in order to try to take out or pin or damage whatever the scenario may be, right? So, mm -hmm. and then of course those units are t taking the hits. So one wrong move and you just lost a unit and you're like, oof. You know, yeah, it's it's not like I have sixty uh, miniatures on the board of inexperienced guys that I'm like, yeah, I can sacrifice one unit. You know, yeah. Um, so it's kind of, 
I th- hit or miss with some armies. Uh, again, the, the Americans, I think this is a great thing to use to try. Um, maybe even the Japanese too, with their whole fanatic thing and charging in and all that stuff. Bunzai charging, all that crap. Um, this is a fortune favors the bold type scenario yes. you know, type uh, strategy. Yeah. I think if you're doing this uh, outflanking, I mean, okay. So my thought process right now is if you're one of those players that enjoys your armor, your tanks, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe you do take one of them that's a bit bigger and more point value. <sighs> Doing some outflanking with other units in your army really might hamper, you know, um, your ability to take other things out. Uh, also, I mean, if you want to an outflank with a tank, you can, but that's a lot of points stuck in there. Yeah, every um, turn they're not doing something. But maybe with a, uh, if you're playing an early war game, Maybe with a hundred point tank, yep. Maybe it's not such a bad idea. A couple machine guns with a moderate armor value pops up, you know, somewhere they don't want it. You've been shielded the whole game. Yep. That might not be a bad uh, uh, deal, but most scenarios you can't capture objectives with that. No, but, but you, you are now a flanking threat. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And who knows, maybe you maybe roll on with a light or a medium anti-tank gun and you get that flank shot. Yeah. Right? Stuff like that. So lots to think about for it, lots to try out. Um, Again, this is is definitely one of the rare, super rare tactics and or maneuvers. Um, You know, you don't see it. Really, you don't see it. Um, Definitely overlooked. And uh, maybe it is guys are just, they don't want to commit stuff into an outflank just for the fact that they simply don't have those toys to play with, right? So, um, but maybe we test it out. You know, one of our games, we can try that out. Try outflanking, see how it works, see if it's beneficial. Maybe it's just crap. So... Otherwise, it's 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 a nice uh, another option, right? It's pretty cool that they have that. It just kind of um, could be thematic in your fights too, right? So, it's just another banana in your toolbox. Yeah, <laughs> you keep bananas in your toolbox. <laughs> Crazy, um, but yeah. So that was the second topic. <laughs> so. Uh, our third topic is one that's um, more used often uh, in games. I know I do see it um, a fair bit in our games, all the players, is the uh, recce rule on vehicles and whatnot. Now, I got to say, the other day I was surprised. I, I was very surprised. Um, I was playing our, our Devin is one of our players. She uh, has an Italian, beautiful Italian force that she painted up. Um, well and fast too. I'm yeah. so mad at her. Yeah, so She's mad. Good, great player, great player. Um, so I ended up targeting a tank of hers, an Italian tank, and she reacted 
with Recky. And I was like, what? Right. I thought that it was really only like, you know, scout cars and light armored vehicles, like armored cars that had it. But this tank apparently had it. And yeah, it, it, it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, huh, well, that's cool. Right. Um, it was neat. Cause like used it and fell back with it, got out of sight. So my shot was wasted. Her order was wasted. And then like for the rest of the game, both of our tanks didn't even engage each other. Cause it was like, man, nope, we're not making our tests. We're not, uh, <laughs> we got pins on each other and we're not doing so well here. So, um, but again, uh, uh, yeah, the recce, it, um, gives you a, another reaction, actually a reaction for the vehicle, um, when you're being shot at. So, um, it's an escape reaction. So, you know, as long as you haven't been activated your, your order dice, you can, um, pull a dice out and, uh, do this escape reaction and pretty much it's, um, you could advance or run, um, uh, pretty much to get out of sight, um, you know, or as far away as possible as you can, uh, pretty much from the shot coming in or. Uh, an assault kind of thing, right? So, um, some, some of the vehicles that do have recce, they are allowed to, um, I think actually all of them actually are allowed to, when they go in reverse, they can do it at full speed, right? It's not half like everybody else when they go down. Well, um, it's just most of those vehicles happen to have those rules. Yeah. they're, designed for that role. So, um, there's also a chance that, um, cause usually you can only advance like when you go in reverse kind of thing. Um, but some of them can actually do a run, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, can't remember what some of the, um, some of the, um, keywords or rules are on some of the vehicles, but they got some kind of steering. I can't remember what it is. But, um, it's a pretty neat ability. It's your, that unit becomes like a pest in the game <laughs> to put, yeah. it, put it best. Uh, you know, um, they're good at, at, uh, sighting hidden troops as well. Their range is larger and, yep. um, yeah, there it's all, it's, it's always, it's one of those units in the game that, okay, you know, it has recce, you know, if you target it it's going to use it back away and it's going to waste your shot. You know, if you don't target it, it's going to get a shot off somehow, right? Though the opponent will wait for the very last moment and then use it. Right. So I know Jason, you've used it a lot. Yep. Yep. You know, and you've used it actually quite effectively. So my, uh, airborne Jeep, is the bane of uh, many people's existence. Yep. Uh, with its 10 shots and uh, with the, what do you call it, the double Vickers uh, mount, dual Vickers machine gun mount. The MMGs, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, I can uh, roll around 
I use it to suck up people's dice because sometimes people will shoot at it knowing I'm going to recce, but just forcing me to use my dice, yeah. you know, to, to use their action for that essentially. Uh, but in my mind, it's a trade-off, you know, it's the uh, knight sacrificing itself to take out the bishop kind of deal uh, for a turn. Uh I mean, also, just uh, having kind of like a, a veil of invulnerability almost. As long as you're careful with it, you save that dice for last. I mean, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes the dice gods, you know, they still have four units left, you know, and you're all out of dice. And they mess you up, yeah. But, uh, but as long as you're careful with it, it... It really can be invulnerable. I will say the biggest weakness isn't so much the enemy; it's that you play it too careful. Yep, uh, and you don't take advantage of. And most of these things have a machine gun or or a light, you know, anti tank gun or so. They they generally aren't uh, super weapons, but can be really just a pain in the but yeah for the people you're playing if you play it right and it can soak up a lot of energy that is really unwarranted for instance i i can't remember exactly but my jeep is something like 45 points or something like that yeah it's a mobile machine gun platform that it's it's not worth a whole lot of points but oh my gosh do i see like people are like throwing everything they can to try to kill this stupid thing which is great and if they succeed i guess well that sucks but uh you know every shot they take at it and and miss is a shot they're not shooting at uh you know somebody else and then you have um i guess you have like the kind of you know this is kind of how you uh we use it and and kind of what we've seen and whatnot and in games but like you know going against it you know, how are you kind of countering it, right? And you usually have to use multiple units to try to take it out, right? Yeah. Um, you you got to force their hand. You got to force them to use their maneuver. But you also got to be in position to be able to target it with something else that hasn't acted yet. Now. Or, Andy. Mm-hmm. Ambush. Yes. If you ambush while it's m making its recce move already and you activate the, you know, so he, sh you shoot at it with something and it starts doing its recce move and then you ambush it, you get to choose the point at which you engage that unit with your firepower. True. So that ambushing unit gets the shots. Yeah, so I mean, you're, you're planning a way ahead. It's difficult right. to do, or to plan out that way, but it can happen. It has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, that's that's a very good point. That's a, actually a really good point, too. Um, I know I don't use ambush enough, um, but for recce vehicles that's actually a really really good point 
I never even thought of that really. Um, I was thinking more of like, you know, um, moving and positioning your units to be able to actually do like just regular shooting against. Yeah. Which know. is certainly a, a thing to do also. The other thing that the truth is most of my recce vehicles have been destroyed when I take a risk mm. because there's a target that I just need to kill and I, I go for it. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, I know I'm probably going to die, right. but I need to target X unit because it's going to do X thing or they're on the objective. And if I can clear the objective, my infantry can run up and or whatever. Right. And I do it and then they get smoked. But I pretty much kind of know that that was a risk. And I've, I, I've had that happen a lot to me. And that's how I see most people that I play against their recce vehicles get destroyed when they make those moves where they know it's not the best move for the protection of the vehicle, but they feel that it's important enough to risk. And then it doesn't work out for them. And they, they explode in a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I mean, almost always, it has to be 80% of recce vehicles getting destroyed are because of a willingness like a, a willing risk taken by that recce vehicle. I mean, yeah. otherwise they're really quite difficult. You're, you're not often going to catch it with the ambush tactic. And as long as you're smart about where they recce to, you're probably not going to, you're going to have to have a really spread out force to be able to have all these multiple, you know, fire angles on it, no matter where it goes. Right. Very true. I so uh, I was thinking about that too because usually, like, that recce vehicle is usually on their side of the board, like you know, hugging a corner, um, just planted somewhere where, if they do use recce, they are like breaking line of sight to most things, right? That kind of thing. Um, or you know if. Everybody's gone and they have the opportunity. Again, they're hugging that corner of a building or something and they have clear line of sight for a shot and they take it, right? So being able to line up that second unit to take the shot on the recce after the recce maneuver has been made. Um, Pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah. Not very common. It's it's very, um, very true what, what Jason said about usually it's, the owning player may, taking that risk. Yeah, it's, or or even, uh, yeah, even, uh, you know, the anti-tank gun fires at your recce vehicle, but you choose not to recce because you want to use it, you know, you still want to use that dice for something else, and yeah. you risk it. You think to your near head, oh, he needs a five or a six to hit. Uh, is That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah well, guess it. what? I'm going to risk it. it it does. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there way too often. I get too cocky and be like, nope, uh, he needs sixes to hit me and I'll let it go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. But maybe if you're playing a scenario where kill points aren't, you know, a contributing factor to victory or loss, I mean, maybe that's worth the risk. But true. That's what happens is people kill themselves. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Got to look at it as, is it worth me firing that 
light anti-tank gun or wasting that guy's shot. Right. So yeah, no, it's, uh, overall there's a, uh, there's a lot of recce vehicles out there for armies. Um, I'm sure almost every army has at least one. I, um, I think they do. I think it's fairly universal and they're all, I mean, ranging from Jeeps to, you know, light armored vehicles to yep. even a couple of tanks, yep. uh, or motorcycles. Oh yeah, that's true. Sidecar yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And they yeah. can just be, they're just a, a pain in the butt slash game winning vehicle occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally yeah. it's the guy, I mean, they're the one that, that, uh, rip out out of nowhere machine gun near three guys that heroically defending that objective. And then, uh, you know, your infantry jogs up and takes the credit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it does happen that way. We've, we've seen it quite a few times, you know, taking, totally taking out the commander, taking out a commissar or something like that. Right. Something silly. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Good little review on that as well. Um, and then of course you, um, you just gave me some ideas for another episode, uh, Calvary and whatnot. Um, but Ooh. yeah, <laughs> somebody I know has, uh, quite a bit of Polish cavalry. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, some good, good topics today. Um, some good insight and, uh, couple eye openers as well which is great uh, we love talking about this kind of stuff hopefully this uh would help you guys out there and gals you know um uh, kind of realize there is these things in the game of bolt action um you may not see it as often or you maybe you want to try it out yourself and it'd be great to hear back from you guys and see what you guys uh think about it and maybe you know maybe we've missed something completely and you have a great idea of, of how to use a tactic or how to use, you know, outflanking or smoke or a recce vehicle, whichever it is. Yeah. Um, Anything you can do to help me win more games <laughs> would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting to, um, to see, like, I wonder how, um, in tournaments, um, we have two gentlemen going to LVO uh, next year. They're going to the bolt action uh, tournament. So um, it'll be good to, to get back with them. Maybe uh, try to get one of them on the show here. And uh, the experience. Debrief. Yeah, exactly. But I wonder how often you actually see that in some of the competitive gaming too, right? Or the tournament gaming. Um, Cause I don't quite know if LVO is really, a competitive uh you know showdown um i know there's a couple other podcasts i've heard and they they do talk a lot about uh, a lot of tournaments that they go to uh, in the uk and whatnot and um, there is a fair bit of them that are a little bit uh, competitive so um but i don't think as much as some of the other uh, mainstream systems as well so um but yeah overall uh, pretty good, uh, Intel and, um, uh, thanks everybody for, for tuning in. 
please send pics, uh, check out Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Leave feedback. Um, we love hearing feedback. Uh, helps us make everything better for us. Um, gives us ideas for, for stuff for the show and uh, also uh, just shows appreciation of, uh, you know, people actually listening and, and we'd love to comment back on on uh, your guys' posts and have a little bit of chatter with each other and, yeah, and we go from there. So, uh, again, Jason, thanks so much for joining again, being my battle buddy. No uh, problem. On the show and on the tabletop. So next time I'll make sure I uh, have a successful charge against your infantry. <laughs> so maybe that fence wouldn't stop me this time. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to get working on my Confederates, so we can have uh, a proper battle. So <laughs> excellent. But. Um, but yeah, and thanks, uh, thanks everybody for joining and listening. And uh, again, if you like it, thumbs up, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and wherever you're streaming your podcasts and stuff. So until next time, we'll catch you guys later. See ya. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it.